Chapter Eleven of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven: Intersecting Lines. If he could have seen the frown on Gertrude's forehead deepening with every line she read, as she sat in becoming morning costume in her mother's room, if he could have heard the impatient exclamation caused by the sheet at which she sat fiercely scowling if he could have heard the conversation which followed. "'Well,' said Mrs. Temple, "'when are we to see your theologue? It seems to me that he is very slow in coming. I wonder that you can tolerate such indifference to your charms.' "'Mama, if you can believe it, he is not coming at all. At least, that is what I should gather from his letter, those pokey old meetings day and night. And his father is sick.' I should think he would be having meetings all the time, and Maxwell says I will understand how impossible it is for him to get away. I'm sure I don't understand it in the least. The idea, said Mrs. Temple, a three weeks vacation, and he can't find time to come and see you in your own home. I must say, I consider that carrying things with a rather high hand. My dear, I am very much afraid that he is one of the fanatical sort, who will wear your life out with an eternal round of meetings, missionary societies, Sunday schools, and the like. Said the young woman, who was so thoroughly to understand the letter which had fallen to the floor. Mamma, do hush. You show that you do not know what you are talking about. Maxwell Ransom is the most brilliant young man in the seminary by far and he was the most brilliant one in college. There are a great many things that he has to learn, and a number of them I can teach him. I meant to give him some lessons during this vacation, but those pokey meetings are distressing him. A sense of duty is one of his strong points. But he will never be a country parson, Mama, and drag me off to missionary meetings and female prayer meetings and things of that sort you need not be in the least afraid. I am awfully sorry he cannot be here for New Year's. He has queer country notions, of course. He has been brought up in the country largely, and he needs to get them rubbed off. I could help him immensely in those ways. Oh, I don't mean that he is awkward, Mama, or anything of that sort. He is a perfectly exquisite gentleman everywhere." but I mean he has ideas, old-fashioned ones, you know, about dancing and matters of that kind. And he is a bit fanatical on the temperance question, I suspect. Not that I object to that in a man, only it would be awkward sometimes in city life. Oh, dear, I am too provoked for anything. I wanted to show him off to the girls. He is handsomer than any man in our set, Mamma. He is, really." if it wasn't for those horrid meetings. I don't believe in having meetings day after day wearing people's bodies all out. He shall never do it when he has a church of his own. I think people ought to be temperate in religion as well as in anything else, and I know I can coax him into thinking so too. Oh, you needn't shake your head, Mama. I have a great deal of influence over him. Why, he thinks I'm perfection." If he could have heard all this, it might have made a difference in his immediate future. We cannot tell. But he did not hear it. He went on with his eager work, though it was not the vacation which he and Gertrude had planned together, 
enjoying it as only one whose heart was in it could have done he was ten days late at the seminary because he had so taken hold of the work that it seemed not possible to get away before the detention did not trouble gertrude for she was more than ten days late in getting back to school sister kate has company and i am sorely needed at home she wrote maxwell it really does not seem possible to leave just now there are special reasons why mamma needs me and she thinks that even a schoolgirl must not forget that she has some duties in her own home the young minister pondered over the sentences wondering what the loving ministrations were and wished his darling had been more explicit he sympathized with her in her sacrifice of those two important weeks from school he felt and told her on paper that it was just like her to think of others and not of herself she laughed over this added testimony to her power and went on making out the list for the brilliant party which her mother was to give early in the following week other engagements of the same nature having made it impossible for her to get hers in before certainly gertrude was needed at home for the party was to be the most elegant one of the season planned with a special view to eclipsing all that preceded it and gertrude temple was an excellent planner in all such directions they returned both of them at last to the routine of study life but they had met only two or three times before young ransom began to feel that a change had come over gertrude she seemed ill at ease and at times almost dissatisfied with her future prospects she began to make suggestions or perhaps they might more properly be called hints concerning the trials and privations of ministerial life and to ask mr ransom if he felt very sure that he was called to that work and no other what if he was theologically educated so were college professors and authors and men in political life she had once heard a certain eminent lawyer say that he regarded the two years which he had spent in studying theology as two of the most valuable years of his preparation for his profession gradually she grew more outspoken she felt confident she assured him that he had made a mistake she could not believe that a man of his talent was called upon to bury himself in a country village and make an eternal round of calls upon people who could neither understand nor appreciate him it was absurd for one so young as he to feel that because he had spent three years in a theological seminary he was therefore called upon to spend his life in ministerial work she had had a feeling for some time that he was called to a higher sphere well not higher perhaps she hastened to explain noting his air of pained surprise not in one sense of the word of course but different commonplace people she believed could preach the gospel quite as well as highly cultured ones what was there to do but point out the right road and get men to walk in it if you could young ransom listened to her at first with a bewildered air he even laughed a little over some of her bright speeches believing that she must be trying to amuse him it was not possible that such words as these could express gertrude temple's real convictions for himself he believed that life had no higher sphere to offer than opportunity to preach the gospel 
it was folly to talk about talents thrown away had it not been the joy of his life to feel that god had called him to such great honor endowed him with powers which would enable him to be useful in that position i do not understand gertrude he told himself wearily and then his face brightened over a new thought perhaps someone has been trying to make her believe that young men choose the ministry as a profession because they think it an opportunity to shine and she wants my reply to such ideas to help her in proving how utterly mistaken they are so when it became evident that treating the subject lightly was not to gertrude's mind he began patiently to explain his views having all the time before his thoughts the caviller whom his imagination had erected and trying to answer his supposed arguments in such form as gertrude could repeat going step by step over the ground giving her occasional glimpses of the joy the future had in store for him when he should discover that because of his preaching and his teaching some one had come to know jesus christ there came a time when gertrude temple said no more not because she was satisfied but because she had failed they were very busy living their separate lives the closing months of study were before them they were looking forward not only to the day when they should graduate but one of them at least thought often of that important day in the future when they should be united to separate no more they saw very little of each other during that last term young ransom was away nearly every sabbath preaching somewhere his services seemed already in demand and the time necessarily consumed in journeying to and from his appointments straightened him somewhat in his studies and made it necessary for him to curtail his hours of rest and recreation he thought gertrude very patient very wise and sympathetic over all these disappointments he did not for one moment imagine that she was slowly reaching that state of mind when to visit with him was becoming embarrassing and that she hailed each detention with a sense of relief it was not until they were both graduated and gertrude had gone to her home leaving mr ransom in the full expectation of following her in a few weeks to perfect their arrangements for the future that the blow fell upon him this of course was not only cruel but cowardly gertrude temple knew weeks before she graduated that she meant to tell this man to whom her hand was pledged that she had discovered they were not suited to each other but no hint of this determination passed her lips she waited until miles had divided them that she might be relieved of the embarrassment of being face to face with the misery she had wrought she was very kind indeed words failed she assured him to express her deep sorrow and regret but she had felt for a long time and mamma had fully agreed with her that she was not fitted to be the wife of a minister all her inclinations and tastes pointed in other directions she did not know she was sure why she had allowed herself to be drawn into an engagement she had always known perfectly well that she was a poor worthless little creature not at all suited to the dignity of such a station she supposed it must have been that in the enjoyment of his society she really for the time being had forgotten the future 
and had not realized but that the beautiful winter they had enjoyed together would always remain now that her eyes were really open or that she had grown older and wiser perhaps she shrank from the future which he had planned in inexpressible terror he would bear her witness that she had tried to explain had spoken very plainly indeed and done her utmost to induce him to give up the ministry and devote himself to some profession in which she could hope to keep pace with him he would remember she was sure how earnestly she had talked of this matter and of course he would remember certainly she would never forget how solemnly he had assured her that nothing but the hand of god laid upon him and the voice of god calling to him to give up his work could possibly change his mind from that hour she declared to him she had given up all hope of their living their lives together for of course she could not expect the lord to work a miracle in her behalf and it was nothing less than a miracle which he demanded because of all her plain speaking in the past she felt sure he must be prepared for the conclusion of the whole matter they must just make up their minds that they had been foolish young people who because they had enjoyed each other's society so much and had had such royally pleasant times together for a few months had blundered into the mistaken idea that they were suited to each other for life people often made such mistakes she believed mamma was engaged three times before she was finally married to papa and as for gentlemen she should think such experiences would be constantly happening to them they had so many to choose from and the choice was all in their hands how did they ever reach the point of making a final decision for her part she should never forget the pleasant hours they had spent together and the good that he had done her in many ways she believed that her life would always be the better for having known so good and true and noble a man she could not even help admiring him for holding so resolutely to his purpose to preach the gospel though she had thought for a time that it would break her silly little heart but now that all was over between them she presumed he was right probably he did have a special call to that work and would do good service in it it was only she who was utterly unfitted for it and therefore it was eminently fitting that she should take herself out of his way perhaps she ought to have told him before she left college but it seemed a pity to disturb those few last hurried minutes that they had together by any disagreeable talk and so she had resolved to wait until she had reached home and could put it all on paper thus saving him a great deal of trouble and i shall always be interested in your welfare the young girl's letter went on to say i think i should like to hear you preach better than almost any other person i do hope you will get a church somewhere near where i live or where i may live in the future who knows where that will be isn't life strange max oh but i must call you mr ransom now must i not how very queer what if in years to come you should be my pastor and call upon me make pastoral calls you know and i should be mrs smith or mrs jones or something wouldn't that be too funny for anything well just such strange things as that have happened 
one of the professors in your own college was a very dear friend of mamma's once was engaged to her for three whole months and now he wouldn't have her for anything i suppose anyway she wouldn't him oh dear how i am running on i don't quite know how to finish this letter it is such a strange letter you know different from any i ever wrote you you won't be angry with the silly little girl will you i was always silly max and was not worthy of you i knew it all the time but you never suspected it that was because you were good and because you are good you will forgive me won't you and forget me i dare say in a month or two so i will send you back the pretty ring you gave me though i cannot bear to part with it but of course that is proper i wonder who will wear it next and now wishing you a better and happier life than i could possibly have made for you i close by signing myself ever your sincere friend gertrude temple you can imagine something of what such a letter as this was to maxwell ransom a man who considered a pledge of any sort a sacred thing a man who had thought long and thought carefully and prayed for guidance before offering his hand to this woman and once offering it had surrendered himself as utterly as a true man can had looked upon himself as in the eyes of god a married man waiting only for the hour when it should become his right to consummate before the world the vows which had already been taken end of chapter 11